This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the Kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here on Dime Dropper for the 2023-24 season. Before we get started, you already know the drill. Make sure you follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to the YouTube channel right here, Dime Dropper. Hit the notification bell so you know every single time I post a video or go live for all things NBA, LA basketball, and of course, LA sports and LA Clippers, shout out to everybody in the live tonight, a little bit later than I expected, uh, I know it was an early game, you know, at Cleveland, that's the only game I'm going to be able to talk about tonight, so big apologies again to my Laker fans, so again, what I'm going to do is, I am going to try and watch the Warriors game and the Rockets game, and have a lot to say on basketball and Figueroa, which will be out on Wednesday, after I record tomorrow night with Edwin, because the Lakers are also going to play tomorrow so i'll have it all all right laker fans i promise but tonight it's going to be a shorter one just going to be talking about the clippers against the Cavs. and yeah the reason why i wasn't able to watch the game on time is because my middle school team my sixth grade team we had our last game um last game of the season regular season it was our sixth game and we played probably the worst team we played all uh all season and I, you know, I played a you know, different starting five and just kind of gave the guys that don't get as many minutes time. And we still blew them out. wasn't pretty. wasn't too satisfied with the performance. But we won. And the only kid that hadn't scored on our team yet finally scored. And, I mean, we went so We got so hyped. And it was, you know, I didn't want to make a big deal about it because it's his moment. But I did draw it up. And that's always nice. You know, I haven't, in my, I haven't been a coach for that long. It doesn't always work out where I draw something up and they execute it to the T. But that's, uh, that's uh, you know, you have to have a special team to be able to execute these things at that age, to listen to what I'm saying. So executing to perfection, my whole team has scored, and now we await our playoff matchup, and I think we're going to have home court. I didn't even know there was a playoff to this thing, so I'm just enjoying it. Five and one, and we've been playing seventh grade teams every single game, so sick. If there's any reason, we, uh, you know, worth missing Clipper games, it's doing stuff like that, which is super enjoyable, and I, I end up. It's been a great experience, man. One of the best of my life. But let's talk about the Clippers. You know, we talked, we took an L tonight, 108 to 118 in Cleveland. You know, we're live from Los Angeles as usual. And I'm not too disappointed with this game. I'm not. I think it really just showed me how well the Cavs are playing. You know, I haven't had much to say about them so far this season because, again, this is an LA based channel in the regular season. Of course, we're going to talk about every Cavs game in the playoffs. We talk about every playoff game here. But they play the Lakers and the Clippers twice a year. So you're not going to get much content about them unless I'm doing an episode on the whole NBA, which is coming, by the way. I am going to do an episode on the entire league at the All-Star break. I just don't really have time during the week right now. Seriously, there's always a new game to talk about with Lakers and Clippers. So we're going to talk about it during the All-Star break. I'll talk about everyone. But long story short with Cleveland... They've been playing really well. I thought they were going to slip in the standings a lot when they lost Jared Allen and, I'm sorry, when they lost Evan Mobley and Darius Garland to injury for so long. 
but it's really just a testament to how well Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen have been playing. And then you got to give those other guys credit. I haven't been watching them every night, but there's no way they're winning games in the Struces of the world, George Niang, Isaac Okoro. I was really impressed with Isaac Okoro tonight. Like, the fact that he was making his threes, has that been a thing this season? I mean, 5 for 10 from the field and 3 for 4 from 3? This is a guy who was left open purposely in the playoffs last year over and over again by New York. Well, this season he's shooting 36% from three. Okay, Isaac Okoro, I see you, bro. Okay, because defensively, that's the one thing that stood out to me right away. They had Isaac Okoro on James Harden, Max Struess on Kawhi, and then sometimes Mobley on Kawhi. Struess would guard PG, and they switch off at times. And you had Jared Allen guarding Mason Plumley, and then Donovan guarding Terrence Mann. A couple interesting things. They weren't willing to switch Donovan on to Kawhi. They would hedge and recover. Or show and recover. When Kawhi was being guarded by Mobley, and then you put Jared Allen in the pick and roll, they'd switch that 4-5. So then Mobley could guard Mason Plumley, and then Jared Allen would guard on the perimeter. And there were times where Jared Allen got scored on. But I have to say, I was pretty impressed with his perimeter defense. I really was. As far as our side of things, we had Plumley on Jared Allen, Kawhi Leonard on Evan Mobley, Paul George on Max Strudel, Terrence Mann on Donovan, and James Harden on Isaac Okoro. And I thought it was a pretty solid start from PG, but that was about it. I think part of the reason we lost is because he played like, you know, pretty ass offensively. Defensively, I thought he was good, actually. Continues to be pretty good in this road trip. But James Harden, I don't, I didn't love his performance either. The stats tell you, you know, he had a double-double, but I did not like the way he played. And I'll get into more specifics in a second. Russell Westbrook, I thought he was pretty good. I thought our bench, for the most part, was great. Thought Russ's defense, though, in the second half before he came back into the game was lacking completely for how well he's played defensively this season. I'm just going through all the quick reasons why we lost real quick, and then we'll get into the breakdown. But free throws, major in the fourth quarter. What the fuck was that? Very disappointed there. And then I just thought we took really bad shots. But you got that's why I really got to give the Cavs credit. I really got to give the Cavs credit. They played great defense. They show that they have a lot of size, which, remember, this is the number one team defensively in the league last year by defensive rating in the regular season. So they have good defensive personnel, but the fact that they don't have, they didn't have Evan Mobley for a while, remember, this is his return tonight, and it definitely made a difference defensively. I can say that from having played against them or having my team played against them. But this is a good defensive team. And I was very impressed with their size, their length, and their... I mean, we've clearly been bothered a little bit by teams with a lot of size in the front court, which we know is the obvious weakness of the Clippers. But here's the thing I want to remind people. Every team has some kind of flaw. Like, there are very few perfect teams in NBA history that have no flaws at all, no holes, no weaknesses. Of course, it would be great to sure up by getting another big forward. But right now we got a nine-man rotation. That's really good. You know, Amir Coffee, And we can go deeper with three bigs if we want to play Mason Plumley in the playoffs. You know, that's when Zubats comes back. We got Daniel Tice. We got Russ, Norm, and Amir for really solid reserves. You don't want to go more than nine deep in the playoffs. Situational against certain big teams. Okay, we can maybe go two bigs or something. But we just lost because Paul George and James Harden didn't play that well. We missed free throws and t- collectively as a team, I thought we weren't very good defensively and we took really bad shots. It's not a big deal. It's one loss. We've won 5 games in a row. You know what I'm saying? Like if they if you're going to lose, this is what a championship team looks like. If you're going to lose, you're going to lose to good teams. 
You're going to win all the games that you should win, and you're just going to lose to some good teams sometimes. Make it competitive. Don't get blown out very much. If you get blown out, respond with a blowout. These are championship characteristics, and for the most part, and you guys know, you've been following me for four years. I don't say this about the Clippers, guys, but we've been showing some of these championship characteristics the last couple of weeks. And let me tell you something. We didn't play well in this game, and it was still close. Ten-point game, we lost, but it was you know a four-point, five-point game with about two minutes, 30 seconds left or something like that. So we, we were right in there. We were right there. So I wouldn't be too mad, Clipper Nation, with the loss. It is what it is. We didn't play well enough. You also have to remember, yeah, they're missing Darius Garland. We're missing Evita Zubats. You know, that matters. And I got to say, Donovan Mitchell was just spectacular. And Donovan Mitchell, there's something to be said about how good he is in the regular season every year. You know, I'm not saying he's bad in the postseason, but I think he had a good start to his career in the postseason. But the last three years, mm-mm. No, no. We've seen it on Dime Dropper. We've covered the whole way. He has not been good the last three postseasons. But it, it is very hard to be as consistent as he is season in, season out, carrying offenses the way that he does. Now let's get into the breakdown. As far as Paul George's solid start, that was about it. It was just a solid start. Uh, I thought the way we were playing... Donovan Mitchell on the pick and rolls was predictable. We had Mason Plumlee come out to the level of the screen. And again, Isaac Okoro had 15 points in the first half. Like, he was making his shots. And the thing that stood out to me right away was the Cavs defense. Isaac Okoro did a really good job on James Harden at the point of attack. And I thought he did a good job of just not letting James Harden create separation. Not letting him get good looks off. And that's part of why James Harden only had eight shots. You know, James knows what shots are good for him and which ones aren't. And... He was taking a lot away, Isaac Okoro. He did a good job of playing him to his right, but not giving him too much space to get into his step back. I mean, you need great defenders for this. And Isaac Okoro clearly showing me that he's very, very good. So I thought he made life tough. And I also thought we weren't smart about the way we attacked them. You know, at, at times we were just going at Isaac Okoro. Like, you know, I thought we could have, I think we did a better job of it in the second half, but we could have gone to more mismatch hunting in the first half, in my opinion. And I don't think we were hunting out those weaker defenders enough. Donovan Mitchell, Karis LeVert, George Niang, these guys. And we weren't hitting shots to start the game at all. I want to see what we shot as a whole in the game. 47.5%. So it actually ended up pretty okay. 32% from three. So that's two games in a row not shooting the ball well from three. 10 for 40 against Boston. 11 for 34 here against Cleveland. So you know we're probably due for a good three-point shooting game. And I have to say, they made it tough. Like It wasn't like we generated a ton of open looks. I thought we generated a good amount. But they did a good job guarding. You know, they made life tough on us. They made us take tougher shots. And again, I think we played into their hands a little bit, like Paul George for a while, until I think the second half, maybe even late third quarter. It felt like he had only taken contested jumpers besides that fast break layup he had early in the first quarter. Just, he, you know, bails the defense out way too much, in my opinion, Paul George. But you know who sparked things for the Clippers late in that first quarter? Norman Powell and Russell Westbrook. We were down 28-25 after one, and then to start the second quarter, we saw some great stuff from Amir, from Brody, and from Norm. Russ posted up against Sam Merrill, 
twice. First time he had a spin baseline for a layup. Other time he spun again, drew a crowd, kicked it out to Norman Powell for three, and then he proceeded to hit a three right after Norman Powell again. Amir Coffey, four-point play in the left corner, and he had that catch foul line turn uh, to hit the jumper. So great stuff from them early in that second quarter. And then Kawhi started to heat up so much so that the Clippers took a seven-point lead, 49-42. I have to say, at this point, James Harden, he took some bad shots. I thought he had some possessions where he was just holding the ball too long. And then he had some bad turnovers. Some very good passes, though, as well. He still had his fair share of good passes, but it just wasn't a very good James Harden game. I don't think he was, you know, aggressive enough. But I also don't, I just think he got locked up, like straight up. I think they did a good job on him. But he also missed some easy looks. Like there was one time he blew right by Jared Allen in the second half and he missed a floater. But I'll talk about that in a second. I already talked about Donovan. He was not switching on a Kawhi, showing and recovering. But I think one thing that was huge in terms of us losing the game tonight was the way we ended quarters, particularly in the second and third. And it starts with just bad shot selection and turnovers. We had so many careless turnovers in the second quarter. James Harden had an eight-second violation. Do you know how ridiculous that is? Mason Plumlee was throwing the ball away. I mean, it was just crazy. And also, really weird. I wanted to check this, the score and time for this. But we ended the half without Paul George and Kawhi. Since when have we been doing that? That was pretty peculiar that uh, Tyloo did that. I want to see when they came out of the game. Okay, so we're up by seven. They're still in the game. Norm and Amir come in in the last minute. We're down by one, and then we're down by four at half. So it wasn't that actually that, actually that big of a deal. But we were down 56-52 at the half. And in the third quarter, the game was pretty neck and neck, honestly. Pretty neck and neck the whole way. Defensively, when uh, Evan Mobley was guarding James Harden in the pick and roll, he would be in drop coverage. Mobley was guarding Kawhi more, I noticed, in the second half. Jared Allen was in drop coverage against Paul George. And we actually went up when Kawhi hit a go-ahead three and then an insane step-back three over Donovan Mitchell in the corner. Kawhi was starting to be in his bag. Look, the Cavs are going to switch a lot, right? Forcing you to play more one-on-one. And who better to have with the ball in his hands more than anyone than Kawhi. I didn't mind the aggression tonight. Yeah, he shot a lot, but he was efficient. He was, And we want him to shoot a lot. If there's anybody that we want to shoot a lot, it's Kawhi Leonard. Russ, I thought when he came in, he did a great job of getting to the rim, exploding to the basket. You knew he would have a better shooting game after missing a bunch of layups against Boston. But I thought that in the second half, his defense wasn't as strong. I thought first half he had some good moments defensively. Terrence Mann and Kawhi also had some really good moments guarding Donovan Mitchell in the first half. Donovan still got his, but there were some great moments of ball denial by Terrence and by Kawhi. But in the second half, Russ, you know, he could not guard Donovan. Like, he was struggling massively. There was one time where Donovan even created so much space on a snatchback and then unnecessarily passed to Dean Wade. I was kind of assist hunting or being too unselfish, as you would say. But... I didn't, you know, there was one time Russ didn't really rotate at the rim. One where he was overhelping and got beat too easily, got the defense in rotation. And then I forget, I think it was Niang that hit a corner three. So I didn't like his defense in the second half until he came back in the game. 
Then he created that steal against Okoro and led to a fast break. But, yeah, not just uh, Russ. I thought Harden's defense in the first half was actually pretty good. But then in the second half, not good at all. Against Donovan Mitchell, he just has no chance. You know, there was one time in the first half where he did a good job of contesting a shot. But second half, he was getting kind of torched, which is expected against Donovan. But there was another time where I think it was Niang got by him, and then he fed Jared Allen on that end one that basically ended the game. But one thing I also found interesting that Cleveland was conceding the switch with Niang on Kawhi. Um, and Kawhi, as I said, you know, he was doing his thing. But we had another bad ending to the third quarter, and it starts with just bad shot selection. Like, like for example, at the end of the first half, Norman Powell took a bad shot too. Then in the third quarter, Russ is driving into traffic. Kawhi's taking a bad shot when the defense is loading up on him. We had Amir Coffey wide open in the corner, and he'd been shooting well. And Donovan, I have to say, you know, Russ couldn't guard him. Terrence Mann got blown by once or twice in the first half. But I think that Terrence actually did a better job than everyone else um, denying him. And I don't think we went to Terrence. There's an argument that could be made that we didn't go to Terrence enough in the second half. Amir was playing really well. And, of course, you're going to ride with Harden, Kawhi, and Paul. And Norm, I mean, he's been so good lately, and he was actually playing well in this game. So it is hard to make a justification for Terrence with nine, only playing 19 minutes because Amir was playing so well. And Amir played 27 minutes. And he had 13 points, a rebound, an assist, and a steal on 5-for-9 shooting and 2-for-5 from 3. Terrence had 5 points, 1 assist, 2 steals. No rebounds, though, on 2-for-4 shooting and 1-for-2 from 3. And here's my thing with the Clippers. Of course, we're going to switch 1-4, through four, but here's the thing. Cavs, they got us on the glass. They did, and we could see that we were a little bit overmatched size-wise. And, of course, no Zubats is the biggest reason for that. We had 37 rebounds in the game. They had 46. They had 11 offensive rebounds to our six. So they won the rebounding battle in both ways. And that's going to hurt. They also made more threes than the Clippers. We were 11 for 34. They were 13 for 40. And then the free throws. We made the same amount, but we shot two more. And again, we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to Cleveland in terms of free throws. We should be hitting free throws. You know, it was James Harden missed one in the fourth. Paul George missed one in the fourth. But anyway, Donovan Mitchell, he was get, you know, getting by everyone. There was one time where he even turned the corner on Kawhi, got by Paul George. He was spectacular. Some amazing moves, some great passes. I got to hand it to him. In the third quarter, the Cavs outscored the Clippers 32-29. So we actually gave every quarter in this game. Every single one was close. We lost the first by three, the second by one, the third by three, and the fourth by three. So tough, tough news. But... You know, the fourth quarter can be talked about in itself. As I said, we weren't playing good defense. Norman Powell wasn't great on that end. I think Kawhi and Paul were good. Mason Plumley offers little to no resistance. He gets the corner turned on him so easily. So easily. So, yeah, I'm tempted to say that Kawhi and Paul George and Terrence Mann and Amir Coffey were our only good defenders in this game. Tice was okay. He had that bad illegal screen that pissed me off in the uh, second half. But... Dean Wade was guarding James Harden at a, a good amount in that fourth quarter. And James was targeting Jared Allen in that pick and roll. And they were switching Jared Allen onto him. And at times, he was just giving James Harden the right hand. And James did blow by him a couple of times. One time, he missed a floater. And it led to a Karis Levert layup. And before that, 
Max Struess had hit a contested three to make it 100 to 90. So once Levert made the layup to make it 102 90, we took a timeout, and I started having a feeling like ah, we're probably not going to pull this one out. Like it just things. James Harden's missing open floaters. He's not really hitting like that. I mean, he hit his two threes in the fourth, but I want to see what he was shooting before the fourth. So he was two for three in the fourth. So overall, before that, he was one for five. So like five shot attempts, and he played 39 minutes in the game. So like that's not much. He was showing that he was struggling to get clean looks off. That's what it was showing. And a lot of ball pounding. And this is the James Harden I'm a little bit worried about. Like let's be the one that I was worried about when we got him. And by the way, there are things that can happen that can make me say I was dead on wrong about the Harden trade before the playoffs even begins. But everybody knows that my whole fear is the playoffs. It, it is my fear. But... I'm not going to say that James Harden can't play against good teams and stuff like that because of three games that, you know, against the Lakers and then one against the Celtics and then this one. You know, I, I still believe that he's, I still believe that Harden is going to have some big games against good opposition in the regular season. I do. So let's keep on going, though. Oh, it's a tough one. It was a tough one. I, you got to give credit to Cleveland, honestly. Their defense was good. And Donovan Mitchell was spectacular. Isaac Okoro played really well. But we were struggling to guard. We were really struggling to guard. And at one point, we went with the small ball lineup of James Harden, Kawhi, Paul George, Norman Powell, and Amir Coffey. And again, I thought the Cavs did a good job. Like It was basically just mismatch hunting both ways. We had like Kawhi and James Harden going against Jared Allen, some Paul George against George Niang and Struess. There was one time where Paul George had the ball. I forget against who. I think it may have been Struess on the left block. And I thought he was perfectly set up for a turnaround over the left shoulder just rise in the middle of the paint but instead he like pivoted back the other way and got a travel that was just again just bad decision making on our part in isolation situations just too much too much nonsense bad contested shots with plenty of time on the shot clock we just got to be smarter easily fixable and uh yeah paul george he started to get going just a little bit in that third quarter he only had three points in the first half Okoro at 15, but Paul got going just a little bit more in the third, but he still wasn't convincing me. Although I will say this, for all those that are saying he had the groin injury, he was still going to the basket more than some games when he's perfectly healthy. So I don't think it was the injury. It looked fine to me. But you know Paul George does this stuff when he shoots bad shots constantly and, and sometimes he'll just have off shooting games. It is what it is, right? And that's what this was. He had... 13 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals and a block. So again, I thought he was active defensively, um, even though he got fouled out, which really hurt. But 13 points on 3 for 11 shooting and 0 for 5 from 3. And I thought a lot of them were not even easy. One of the, the easiest 3 he had of the night that Westbrook gave him, he missed so badly. I was like shocked. But yeah, not a good game for Paul George in 27 minutes. And of course, Ty Lue did say he was going to kind of be managed. So he is getting a little bit less minutes than he normally would. And then you have James Harden, who, as I said, you know, he got his double-double, 11.7 rebounds, 10 dimes, a steal and a block. But he was three for eight from the field, two for five from three in the end, so that looks good. Three for four from the line and had three turnovers. But that small ball lineup, it actually made a little bit of a run. It was just kind of struggling to guard. You know, Harden had a really bad foul on Max Struess for three free throws. That was very timely. Um, but Kawhi was keeping us in it with 30 points. Like, he was keeping us in it. 
tough shots. You know, mid-range, one-on-one, just mastery. They even had that in, emphatic dunk driving to the lane. We were down by 10. Then the free throw misses started. You know, PG missed a free throw that could have made it 103-109, and then he fouled out. And then we had Harden get a defensive three-second violation when we cut it down to 106-111. Like, these were just very timely errors, or untimely errors, I should say, by the Clippers. Um, and then Russ came in for Paul. He had that nice deal on Okoro. As I said, I thought he played better defense when he came back in. And Amir got an and one, but he missed the free throw. And then Donovan had that jumper off the pump fake where he faked Amir out of his shoes, who I thought played good defense, by the way, um, overall. He made the jumper to make it 114-108. Harden penetrated, kicked to Kawhi, who made the extra pass to Norm Powell, and he missed the open three. That would have made it 111-114, and I knew right there we had lost. And then we had Harden get beat baseline, Niang to J- uh, Jared Allen for the and one, and that was it. They outscored us 30-27 to in the fourth. They won 118-108. to Moral of the story, free throws, got to make them. Kawhi was great. Actually, let's just read the lines and we'll talk about it like that. Uh, Cavs shot 49%. They shot 32.5% from three, so they didn't even shoot that well from three. They shot 32.5%. We shot 32.4%. So 1% difference or 0.1% difference. Um, they shot 81% from the foul line. 21 for 26. We shot 47.5% from the field, 32% from three, and 75% from the line. They went nine deep. Um, Sam Merrill, I think that's his name, right? Sam Merrill? Yeah. He had seven minutes, was 0 for 1, had a donut. Dean Wade had six points, four rebounds, and two dimes on two for eight shooting, and all his shots were threes. He played 26 minutes. So more than Mobley. George Niang had 10 points. So the Cavs had seven people in double figures. Niang had 10 points on three for 10 shooting and two for seven from three. Two for two from the line in 20 minutes. Karis LeVert, he had some big shots, including big shots to end quarters, like that third quarter step back three hit from the left wing. Actually, it was changed to a two, but really impressive shot. 13 points, two rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Only one turnover for him. He shot 50% from the field, six for 12, one for four from three. Didn't get a free throw attempt, though, and played 23 minutes. And then you have the starters for the Cavs. Max Struess, very solid game from him. 14 points, seven rebounds, four assists, two turnovers on four for eight shooting, three for seven from three, and three for three from the line in 35 minutes. And then you had Evan Mobley, who only played 21 minutes, but boy, did I feel his impact defensively. It was tough. You know, he can move his feet, protects the rim, covers ground really well. 10 points, 9 boards, 1 steal. He did turn the ball over 3 times, though. 5 for 7 from the field, no free throw attempts. Isaac Okoro, what a game for him. 17 points, a rebound, 3 assists, and a steal. Only 1 turnover. 5 for 10 from the field. And 3 for 4 from 3. And 4 for 4 from the line. So when you have a Coro defending James Harden like that, shooting 50, 75, 100, I mean, they got a good chance to win for sure. And then you got Jared Allen, who had 20 points. Jesus Christ. 20 points, 17 rebounds. 4 of those offensive rebounds. 3 assists, 1 steal, and a block. He did turn the ball over three times as well, but what a stat line. My God, if it's a Zubats, we miss you. Seven straight games where we haven't had Big Zoo. 
Jared Allen was 6 for 9 from the field and 8 for 11 from the line. So that's impressive. Let's see what he's been shooting from the foul line this year. 76%. Okay. I mean, last year he shot 73%, so he's not a bad free throw shooter. Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, the player of the game. 28 points, 4 rebounds, 12 assists, 2 steals, a block, and 2 turnovers. He was magnificent. He was not great from 3, though. He was 2 for 10, but he was 9 for 11 from 2. And I just thought he was doing an amazing job of carrying the offense. Without him, they don't get close to this result. He constantly draws two defenders on pick and rolls. And even one-on-one, he was creating stuff, getting two feet in the paint, making our defense collapse. There was one time where he was just coming up the court on a made basket, and he drew four bodies and got an open three. Like, that's amazing stuff from one of the best guards in the league. Really good game for Donovan. Now for the Clips. We had nine players, you know, the normal. Of course, Brandon Boston, Kobe Brown got some garbage minutes. But Daniel Tice, he got 17 minutes. He was He had a donut. Four rebounds, five assists, though. Made some good reads in the short roll. 0 for 1 from the field, and his only shot was a 3. 17 minutes. I thought he was pretty quiet for his normal standard that we've been used to seeing with the Clips. Terrence Mann only got 19 minutes. Five points, an assist, two steals. But I thought he was good in his minutes, even though the plus minus says differently. 2 for 4 from the field. 1 for 2 from 3. Had some good moments defending Donovan off the ball. And then you had Amir Coffey who played 27 minutes, had 13 points on 5-for-9 shooting, 2-for-5 from 3, and 1-for-2 from the line. Amir's been super good lately, and I love to see that. Nothing bad to say about him, really. I wish he had made that free throw. Then Russ, I thought he was good in this game. I thought he was good. Um, Didn't like his defense as much in the second half, but that's just holding him to the standard of defense that he's been this season. And, of course, shout-out to my mod. Bones got busy, posted that clip of me going off about the Terrence Mann getting slighted by stands and the rust stands crying tears like crazy. Um, because I said, Terrence, man, out of all, everything I said in that video, I, you know, I appreciate that they listened that long, but out of everything I said in that clip, they went to, Oh my God, I can't believe he said that Terrence man's a better defender than Russ. Look, I'm not going to push back. If you think Russ is a better defender than Terrence, I think Terrence is a little more disciplined on D and I, you know, I think today only proved my point, but it's only a one-game sample size. So, like, again, it's not a hill I'm going to die on. I just think that Terrence has the responsibility to start each half of guarding the elite guard on the other team. So, for that reason, I think that I, I can say with more confidence that he's had a higher value defensively this year. You can argue that when they've been in, Russ has been better defensively overall. But I think Terrence just makes has less defensive lapses. You know, gambles less. There was one time where Russ gambled today and got blown by easily by Donovan. So, you know, you can go either way. Again, it's not a hill I'm going to die on. That wasn't the purpose of the clip. The purpose of the clip was that whole rant was for me to say that you stands have no right to talk about Terrence Mann being traitor to this and that. He's not this and that because you haven't watched him that long. So that's all I was saying there. But, of course, I did say very choice words about them, cussed them out and all this stuff. So they can hate me. You know, stands are not going to like me. That's the obvious truth. It is what it is. That's not what my platform is targeted towards. My platform is more targeted towards team fans and – fans of their local teams but of course some people don't have local teams and if you're a player fan from overseas that's a different story altogether i get it i would hope that you stay i'm hoping that you stay with the clippers though for the long haul but yeah so my point is this i thought russ was good that was being a little you know nitpicky but i'm just gonna call it how it is with every player that we have 13 points four rebounds three assists four turnovers for russ though i didn't even notice he had four turnovers got to do better than that taking care of the ball 
But I liked how aggressive he was going to the basket. Five for eight from the field. 0 for two from three. Three for four from the line. Norm Powell, I thought he was fantastic, honestly. Just not great defensively, but he is who he is defensively. He's not always going to be solid. 18 points, three rebounds, two assists on six for 13 shooting, four for seven from three, two for four from the line. That is not good. He's got to make at least three of those, but he was efficient from the field in three. Then you have the rest of the starters. Mason Plumlee, ugh, just no resistance, man. Five points, five rebounds, no assists, one block, one turnover, one for one, three for four from the foul line in 22 minutes. And then you have Harden, Paul, and Kawhi. Paul, 13 points on 3 for 11 shooting, 0 for 5 from 3, 7 for 8 from the line, so he got to the line. I think it was more of a second half thing, though, him being more aggressive getting to the line. Let's see how many free throw attempts he shot in the second half. 7, so there you go. <laughs> 7 out of his 8 free throw attempts were in the second half, so he just started going to the basket. First half, he was settling. Uh, and then James Harden, 11.7 rebounds, 10 dimes on 3 for 8 shooting and 2 for 5 from 3. 3 for 4 from the line. And then Kawhi, 30 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and a turnover on 13 for 25 shooting. So 52%. I'll take that. 2 for 7 from 3. So didn't shoot well from 3. A couple times I thought he sh didn't need to take one or two of them. Only two free throw attempts for Kawhi. He didn't get all the way to the rim when he had slower guys guarding him, but I thought he did a good job of at least getting to the paint. So I'll take it um, from Kawhi. I don't think he was the problem at all. But that was it. It's a loss. It is what it is. We've still won 27 of our last 35. We've still won 22 out of our last 27. Like, we're chilling. We just went on a five-game winning streak. And guess who we have next? Washington and Detroit. We have to win those games. OKC lost to Minnesota tonight. So that's going to help us. I really wish Milwaukee had beaten Denver. But Denver won. It's just so... Ugh. We got to get home court over Denver. If we want to beat them to me. They're just too dangerous. In that altitude. Knicks, shout out to the Knicks. I know we didn't do the four sportsmen, but they are the hottest team in the league currently. Seven wins in a row. How about the Miami Heat? Seven losses in a row? We're going to talk about all this stuff on a future episode, but I got to get out of here. I got to do Locked On Clippers, and I got to watch two Laker games, maybe three Laker games in the next 24 hours before basketball in Figueroa. So have a good night, guys. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Sorry if this live was a little sloppy. I've had a long day, and it came... Right after I watch the game. No time to process. But that's what Dime Dropper is for. I'm just trying to spew out my thoughts. Hopefully do it more concise than it comes off sometimes. I know it's a little all over the place. But then I collect my thoughts. Going to Locked On Clippers a bit more organized. But these are always going to be up for eternity. So they're all receipts. And you can go back and see my ones from previous seasons. I mean, why not? But anyway, have a great one, guys. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super Chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Peace.